before we do enter the word of God, let us bow our heads in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, indeed, in thee we are confiding and trusting. Our eyes are unto thee from whence our help cometh. We pray this morning hour as we gather around thy word that thy Holy Spirit and not mortal man will be our teacher and that every one of us may open our hearts to receive that word in meekness mingled with faith. We pray for those that are not here. We pray for those that are sick. pray for those that are going through difficulties and struggles in life. Be with each and every one of them. We thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Dear ones, the past uh, few weeks, because of our Bible studies in uh, CFG, we have been focusing on the life of Peter. I'd like to read from his first epistle, chapter 1. The epistle of Apostle Peter, the first epistle, chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious <clears throat> than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time <clears throat> the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed <clears throat> that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's bow down and worship the Lord together. Lord, it is true that we come before you aware of our fragile nature, that our flesh is but grass, but we come to hear the word of God that will endure forever, that we know that we were made for more, that there is an eternal purpose and destiny. Father, we want to turn aside from all that would appeal to that temporary flesh and yet never satisfy our souls and come to the only place where we can be fed our spirits. Lord, speak to us this morning. You know the needs in every heart, in every spirit. You know the discouragement. You know the struggles. Lord, we need encouragement, admonishment. We need awakening. We need to have our minds renewed, to have the lies dispelled and exposed. Father, we need this time. Father, we pray that thy word would be proclaimed not only here, but throughout the world. Lord, we know there are places where there is much anguish, where there's much oppression of those who would believe in thy name. 
Father, we pray that thy grace, which is sufficient, would sustain those who are under such intense persecution. Lord, pray for those who are alone in places where they're reaching out. Lord, that they would know that thy presence is always with them. And Father, we pray that thy word, which is proclaimed, would bear fruit to thy glory everywhere, but first of all, in our own hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. When we read these words, perhaps in today's vernacular, the word stranger may have a different connotation. The word here really means foreigner. Foreigner, one that is foreign to the place where they reside. And what we hear, what we have read, and what the brother prayed about was the extreme persecution that had gone by with the apostles after the departure of the Lord Jesus Christ from this earth. I believe it's in, if I'm not mistaken, Acts 20 or 22, where Claudius the emperor had expelled the Jewish Christians or the Jews from Rome. The Jewish Christians, I believe. The persecution was so great that they fled into wherever they could go to hide from, as Peter describes in the fifth chapter of this very epistle, from Satan, who is like a, war, a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. They hid in catacombs, in underground Cemeteries, they hid in houses, they hid everywhere from this great monster that Daniel describes as in his own books, in his own writings. This fourth kingdom whose feet and legs are made of iron and clay that Daniel was so intrigued with that he wanted to have a second look at this kingdom that was ruthless. And legend tells us that almost all of the apostles save John, the disciple that Christ loved, suffered a very painful and drastic fate. 
It is believed that the Apostle Paul was beheaded. It is believed that the Apostle Peter was crucified upside down. It was believed that Andrew was crucified on a cross that was like an X. It is believed that Thomas was thrown into a fiery oven. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Matthew was also beheaded. The disciples were scattered. The disciples were persecuted to, for 300 years, the followers of Christ were persecuted because they lifted up the name of Jesus. And for 300 years, there were many that renounced the name of Christ. The book of Revelations talks about persecution that went on for, was it 10 years? Something like that. 10 hours, 10 years. It is believed that that is speaking about the ten emperors that was between the emperor Nero and the last one, I forget, Diocletian. I forget, no, he was, he was before that. But the ten emperors that came and had, were ruthless until Constant, Constantine came in and gave a, a reprieve on the persecution. Ten days, I think it says in Revelation. They will be persecuted for 10 days. And what we see here is Peter addressing these Christians that were scattered abroad, that were foreigners. The, the tension at the time of the Apostle Peter when he was preaching on the day of Pentecost and when he had... He and John and James had healed that paralyzed man at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. And when they were imprisoned and released and James's head was cut off, James, the brother of John, son of Zebedee, the tension was we couldn't compare with what even happened in recent history with our forefathers. And through all of this, the Apostle Peter, who at one stage was flip-flopping between loyalty for Christ and to save his own skin. Had, had now come to a complete reversal. We see in this book, in the two letters that he wrote, a calm, resolved, spiritual, solid loving leader of the, Jew, of the uh, Christians. I remember the words of our dear sister Emma. She's not here this morning. And there are others that were suffering the same. Is she here? There you are, sorry. Sister Emma, when she told me when she was taken to Siberia at the age of 16 or so, how her greatest fear was that she'd be buried in a foreign land, away from her fathers and mothers. And the Jewish people believed the same. 
when they said by the rivers of Babylon, when they were taken into Baghdad, into that area of, of Asia, and they said, where we sat down, there we wept when we remembered Zion. There the wicked carried us away in captivity, requiring of us, of, of us a song. But how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So the Apostle Peter is preaching to these that may have been downcast, may have lost, been losing hope. And he says this, Your elect... You have been chosen by God according to his foreknowledge. And you elect through sanctification of the Spirit, being set apart by God through his Holy Spirit, being made holy. Know who you are. Know why you are suffering. But you've been separated and sanctified to obedience to God, to Christ, through the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And they knew what that meant, the sprinkling. When they said the sprinkling, they knew immediately that the, the, the picture of the Day of Atonement had come in. When Aaron would come into the Holy of Holies with the blood shed by bullocks and goats and rams, and he would sprinkle it onto the Holy uh, Ark of the Covenant on the mercy seat. They knew what he meant by that. That Jesus Christ had come and he had shed his blood. And through that blood they were sanctified. Through that blood they were forgiven. And he said, through all your persecution, through all your trepidation, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Isn't it a wonderful thought to know that in times of difficulty and trial and tribulation and you're wondering if you're doing the right thing or not, if you're pleasing God or not, that a brother or sister can say to you, grace and peace be multiplied to you. We so much undervalue or underestimate the value of verbal confirmation. You often hear that when the husband doesn't tell his wife that he loves her. And he says, he, she should know that I love her. Why do I have to tell her for every time? You don't understand. You underestimate the value of that word, that phrase, I love you. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, Jesus Christ didn't just come to bring a reformation to this earth so that people can have better lives on this earth. But Jesus Christ came so that we 
could be resurrected with him into a new life that will transcend this life and continue on into life everlasting, into life eternal. And that is one reason that these believers could really endure the suffering. Because they didn't see things that were temporal. They didn't see things that were just for this life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, If I in this life have hope only, I am the most miserable of all men. If you think that there is no resurrection, you're the miserable, the most miserable of all men. But it is the resurrection of Christ. It is because he died and rose again that we can live and live eternally. Because I live, Christ said, ye shall live also. The book of Romans, again, I, I, I return to that marvelous book, God-inspired, where he says, the Apostle Paul, For we are saved by a hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what, doth a, man, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Peter says in the same chapter that we read, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believe ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You see, some people believe that there's only one salvation. That's once you're saved, that's it. The Bible speaks of three phases of salvation. Your initial salvation, where you are saved from your sin. Your present salvation, where you work out your salvation in fear and trembling. And the third one is your ultimate salvation, which will appear at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when others speak about eternal salvation and the perseverance of the saints, it speaks about living in a faith relationship with God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that word in the Greek is the continuous present active for whosoever is believing in him. It's not whosoever has believed in him, but whosoever is continuing to believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And there were many that believed, but many fell away when the persecution came, when the trials came. Many denied Christ when it was a choice between their skin and lifting up the name of Jesus in eternity. We are resurrected with Christ who was resurrected from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. You know, there is, there is speculation, legend that the Apostle Paul actually met with Peter. He did. He met him in, in Jerusalem but that they met in Rome. Because it is believed that Peter was also crucified in that area in Rome. Maybe he left. 
There's a, there are some documents that, that said that Peter was leaving Rome and he heard a voice behind him in the Latin language, quo vadis. Where are you going? Peter was seeking to, according to that legend, to leave Rome, to flee from persecution. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But we know that he died. And he died a fate or a, an, an, an end that was prophesied by Jesus Christ himself in John chapter 21. When, when, when Jesus asked Peter, Lovest thou me? Three times. And finally, Peter, in his anguish, said, Lord, you know that I love you. You know all things. And Jesus said to him the final time, Feed my lambs. And he said, Peter, there was a time when you were once young and you went where you wanted to go, you did what you wanted to do, but when you get old, men are going to take you where you didn't want to go and you're going to stretch forth your hands and glorify me, signifying the death that Peter would die to glorify his Saviour. And Peter did. Because he saw an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. God has reserved us a place. Jesus said, and, and you know, the, as I read through these letters, you can, you can see that Peter's not making up his own theology here. He's not sort of speculating what's going to happen. But he remembers the words of the Lord Jesus. He remembers in John chapter 14 when Jesus said to the disciples, I go now and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will send you a comforter. And he will lead you into all truth. He will remind you of everything that I've told you. And Peter remembered that. And Peter said... He's going to give us a crown, an inheritance, incorruptible, that doesn't fade away, reserved in heaven for you, because Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and me. And as I think of that, I, I, I mentioned already um, in Second Timothy this past week how this is this is these are the words that that Paul writes to the young Timothy, the elder at Ephesus. Be what, but thou watch, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. It is perhaps not a secret that there are many 
of our forefathers, relatives that knew that their time was up. I've heard so many testimonies that they heard God calling them, that they heard the angels singing, that they said they won't be around tomorrow. And God speaks to their heart and says, your time is up. You've finished the course. You've fought a good fight. Come now inherit the kingdom that is prepared for you. And when you can have that peace in dying, you know that you have lived a life that has been pleasing to the Lord. Peter, Peter writes and he says in his epistle, in the second epistle, he talks about, I believe, that his departure is at hand as well. Can't find it at the moment. But he was aware fully that his time was up. And now he wanted to leave them a legacy so that when he departs, he will have peace that he has given them all that he could. He talks about the salvation, to remember that they are saved by the blood of Christ. A salvation that the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And he talks about the angels' desire to look into them. Do you know, this is, this is something that makes us so much different than the angels. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, the special privilege that we, the sons and daughters of God, have? You know, there are churches that canonize what they call saints. They call them saints when they die. And they have to be, they have to have certain qualifications. One of them is they have to perform a miracle. And only certain people can have saint, the title of sainthood. But in God's eyes, and according to the word of God, we who have been sanctified are saints. We may not think of ourselves as that sometimes. But we are saints. We have a special privilege. We have been born into the family of God by the incorruptible seed. The seed that cannot corrupt. The word of God it lives and abides forever. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ came and he didn't take upon himself the nature of angels. You see, angels were created beings. Angels were created like we are. But man was created in the image of God. And man had fallen from that image. And man was then born again from above by the Holy Spirit. We have become the adopted sons and daughters, spiritual sons and daughters of God. Remember this. It's so important to know our identity. 
Because it's going to help us when we do go through trials as these believers went through. There are mysteries that the angels did not know. And Ephesians tells us that the mysteries are revealed to them through us. That is why we have to be very careful how we live. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, and here it is from the words of the Apostle Paul, whereof I was made, uh, verse 7 of chapter 3, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hitting God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent for the purpose of that now unto all the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Do you understand, brothers and sisters, that we as saints, we manifest, we reveal to the angels of God, God's wisdom and mystery. You know, when Job was being tempted, and the devil came like a roaring lion seeking to devour anyone. God says to Job, have you considered my servant Job? Uh, to, 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 the, to the enemy, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And the angels are watching. God's, God's heavenly creation was watching this contest. How Job was tried in ways that we have never been. Lost his every possession, lost his family. Was sitting in a dust and ashes pile, pondering what happened. Why did this come upon me? Satan thought he had won. And in the end, even Job began to complain. And God says to Job, Where were you when I created the earth and the heavens? When the morning stars and the sons of God shouted out for joy. Sang out with joy. They were watching this contest. And Job was there to glorify God in the midst of it all. When his wife said, curse God and die, in the Serbian it's bless God and die. Different interpretation. And Job complained. And God says, who is he that darkens counsel without knowledge? 
Job, you don't know it all. You don't know the whole story. But I want you to be obedient in your ignorance. I still want you to trust me. And, and he says in, in, I forget which chapter, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Angels have desired to look into these things. Angels glorify, we read in the book of uh, Luke chapter 15, that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. They rejoice over the one lamb that is brought home than over the 99 that are in, still in the fold. There's something, something special, something where God is glorified anew when someone comes home back to God, when someone believes in the shed blood of Christ and accepts it for his atonement. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto them themselves, not to the angels, but unto us did they minister these things which are now reported of, not unto also the previous prophets, but unto us were these things ministered. At the, in other words, at the time of the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this earth was it ministered. Hebrews says, <clears throat> if I can just read from the book of Hebrews. Speaking about all the, the fathers of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. All those that were afflicted and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't receive the promise. Because the Messiah had not yet come on the scene. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. God's plan. We are a privileged people. The promise was given to us in Christ and then to them in retrospect. Wherefore, gird up your minds in your tribulation, in your trial, in your fear. Gird up your minds. That the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation. And this revelation, I believe, means the revealing of Christ in his glory when he comes again the second time of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as a he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God has called us to be saints. Another very simple word for a holy person in God's eyes. He repeats in verse 18 that what I've already said. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but as with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We remember in the book of Acts 
when the Holy Spirit was received by those that were in Samaria. Peter, James and John came down from Jerusalem. They heard that there were people baptized by Philip in Samaria. They came down, they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon the sorcerer saw this, he was baptized also. Just in parentheses, he was baptized. When he saw this, he offered the disciples, the apostles, money so that he could have this gift and perhaps use it, exploit it for his own selfish means. And Peter says, your money perish with you, for you thought you could buy the Holy Spirit with money. Same Peter. He says, you weren't born again. You weren't bought. You weren't redeemed with silver and gold. They said to the man that's sitting at the beautiful gate, silver and gold, we have not. But what we have, we give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Of Nazareth. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It came with a price. Paul says to the Ephesian elders on the beach to feed the flock over, over which you have the oversight, which was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the eternal Son. The blood of the Lamb of God. That taketh away the sin of the world. It's free, but it's not cheap. That's why Peter says in his second epistle. If you forget the things that I've just told you. The virtues that you need to build on. You've forgotten that you were purchased by the blood of Christ. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for you. We read in the book of Revelation chapter 5. We see this lamb that was slain in the Gospels. But in Revelations chapter 5, it's a different lamb. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written and on the backside sealed with seven seals and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof no man in heaven nor in earth neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereon and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open to read the book neither to look thereon and one of the elders saith unto me Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, 
And lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. The lamb is standing. The lamb is not slain. The lamb is resurrected. A lamb standing. In the midst of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he, took, he came and took the book out of the right hand of the, him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odours, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou hast been sl thou wast slain and hast redeemed us by redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and out of every tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. Verse twelve Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the Apostle Paul writes in his book, the letter to the Philippians. He says, every, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Whether you're a believer or not, one day, whether you're a believer or not, you will bow. You will kneel. But for those that didn't believe, you may not make it. On judgment day, everyone's going to bow. It's better to do it now, isn't it? It's better to do it now while the day is at hand. Today, while it is called the day, harden not your heart. And Jesus is so lovingly offering you salvation. The pleas are coming from the Gospels. The pleas are coming from the letters. Turn to the Lamb of God that was once slain. And embrace a life that is like no other. A life that is abundant. A life that is pure. And a life that you can have assurance when you go to sleep every night and the day that you look to depart from this earth. To him be all the glory and honor evermore. Amen.
130 from the Zion side. that we have heard this morning Father in heaven what we see in all this Lord is thy love for us Lord and the, the plan that does have for mankind perhaps many times Lord we feel that we are forced into and led into doing things that, that are perhaps difficult but not knowing with the understanding we have that it is all for our good Father in heaven, if man pays attention to thy word, he can see the love that God has and, and, and the desire that God has that man would be obedient for his own good. Father in heaven, we have many examples of what we had heard this morning, especially the, the one we had heard of Job where 
even God praised him before the devil and said, look at my servant, Job. And Satan even tried to destroy him there and thought like we have heard that he had won the battle, but not knowing because of the faith that Job had in God and destroyed Satan completely. Father in heaven, we pray, Lord, that we would be, we haven't been tested yet to blood or, or suffering or even imprisonment, many. And yet, Father, we, we walk so disorderly, so weak, and so far from thee. Father, we pray that we would learn from this, Lord, that we would not, as, a, as thy word does say, Lord, a wise man sees the danger and walks around it. A wise man will listen to the heeding of God, to the teachings of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for our own good taught us, Lord, that we would walk, that we would be victorious in that last day. Father, many times we do not see here and now the victory, but Father, we, we must have that faith that Abraham had, that Job had, that the many had, that they would see the end and know, Lord, that we would be victorious. Father in heaven, we pray for those that did not come today, those that stayed home, those, Lord, that have lost their loved ones, those, Lord, that have gone through trials and difficulties in this life and tribulations. Father, we pray that would increase our faith, all of us, Lord, that are here today, whether converted or not. Father in heaven, we pray that that would stir, stir the word in us, Lord, that it would bring forth fruit. Father, we pray that thou forgive us where we have done wrong in the past and help us, Lord, to learn on those things that we do wrong. But for all thy goodness, Lord, and for all thy many blessings and glory, we thank thee as we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
the Apostle Peter is a, a very good example to us. A good example in the sense that God, in Peter's own words, it says, love covers a multitude of sins. And how he needed the coverage of his sins. We can look at Peter and say he made a lot of mistakes in his life. But we could look at ourselves and probably say we've made far more mistakes than Peter did. And how much we are in need of the grace of God. And Peter is an example to us that encourages us to persevere. Even the Jewish proverb in the Bible says that the end is better than the beginning if we hold fast to the end. May the Lord bless the word to all our hearts. Unto him be all the glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This concludes our service.